Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Let's get started today. If you didn't read it yesterday, listen. If you're like, I didn't start my Bible plan yesterday. By the way, we're all reading together the one-year Bible, okay? The one-year Bible, and you can very easily find that in the Bible app, or we're gonna, we have the printed cards available at the info bar that'll give you month by month, every day, what we read as we read through the Word of God together. But if you didn't read it yesterday, don't fret. Just start today. It's easy to catch up one day. Just double up today. Go home and double up and catch up. And, uh, or, or you could just be one day behind everybody. That's fine, however you want to do it. But if you didn't start on January 1, go ahead and get started uh, today. And I, wanna, I want us to all be encouraging one another as we read through the word, all right? This is, this is the rule. This is the rule. If you miss a day, just keep going. Just make it up, okay? Just keep going. But yesterday, we read Genesis chapter 1. All right? Genesis chapter 1. So I want to ask everybody to go in uh, your Bible. Again, let me get this. Go in your Bible. One of the things we want to encourage you this year is we will always, uh, well, for the most part, uh, we'll have every verse on the screen. But I, wanna, I want us to get um, skillful at using our Bibles. Now, this year, you know, for the past several years, I've read the Bible in my, in my um, iPad with no notifications. But even then, I just felt like this year, and a lot of people are doing this. I just want to go back to like reading, reading the Bible, right? Why was I saying that? I have no idea. It'll come back to me in just a minute. Oh, I want us to get skillful at using our Bibles. Now, if you're like, I am all about the Bible app, that's fine. I did that for years. It's even easier to look up the scriptures. All you do is click, click, there you go, right? So become, become skillful at rapidly searching for the scriptures and really reading them and not just not just taking my word for it or any other preacher's word for it. You need to see it in the Bible. Come on, somebody. You need to see it in the Bible. Okay, you need to see the word for what it says. But, so I, I want us to go to Genesis chapter one and we're gonna read the first few verses of the Bible. Ready? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You say, I thought it was a big bang. You have no idea how big that bang was. Mm -hmm. Verse 3 is the big bang, by the way, if that's what you want to call it. But this says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, or, or, 
The original language says, in the beginning when God began to create the heavens and the earth. Or when God began to create the heavens and the earth. Okay? The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters. Oh, you ever felt like that's your life? Formless, empty, darkness. But look at what the next sentence says. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Even if our situation sometimes seems empty, formless, and dark, the Holy Spirit is there. He's there. Now, it is, just so you know, it is unclear exactly how much time, what we call time, pass between verse 2 and verse 3. All we know is there was a beginning and God began to do things. He began to create what we now know as the heavens, the universe, right? And the earth where we live. And then comes the power. Then God, what? He said. He said. He spoke. He talked. And we learned a few weeks ago that in Hebrew, when it says God said, it literally means God willed. Okay? He willed this. And what God wills, he speaks. And what he speaks, he does. That's exactly right, okay? So in the beginning, God began to create the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless, dark, empty, all that. But where was the Holy Spirit? He was hovering. He was, he was there. He was there when there was nothing there. <laughs> Or he, he was there when there was something there. It just hadn't taken on any form yet. It was empty. It was dark. You couldn't see. But who was there? The Spirit of God was there. Some of us need to know that today. No matter what your situation, the Spirit of God is there. Then God said, what did he say? Let there be light. And you know what? There was light. <laughs> because what God wills happens. 
He's the sovereign one. And I'm not saying everything that happens is God's will because that's definitely not accurate. But it is very true that God's sovereign will comes to pass, period. He is uninhibited by anything going on against his will. We get all nervous when things happen that are out of God's will. The only thing we ought to be nervous about is if we're out of God's will. <laughs> Come on, somebody. But God is sovereign. It means he is above and over all, uninhibited by anything. Whenever God is about to do something new, because the earth at, at this point was about to be birthed. It was about to be something new. Okay, every time God is about to do something new, the Holy Spirit hovers. Can anybody show me what it looks like to hover? Anybody have a hovering mother? Y'all laugh because you take it negatively. <laughs> but what does it mean to hover? To, 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 to brood, right? He was just all over it. And we feel like when we're in a dark place that God is far away, but in reality, He's hovering. His spirit is hovering, waiting for one thing, his word. See, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God acts according to the word of God. We could say the Holy Spirit is the executioner, right? That may not be the right word. That's not the right word. That is not every word. Erase that word. He's the executor. I said that on purpose to make sure you're awake and with me. Actually, I didn't. I just misspoke. He's the executor. He, the spirit of God, performs the word of God. So whenever, the, the, whenever God is about to do something new, the Holy Spirit hovers awaiting the word because, listen, we've been learning this, but I'll say it again. Whatever God wills, he speaks, and then his spirit performs what he speaks. Yes? Now, could we just acknowledge the Holy Spirit and honor him right now?
Just personally acknowledge his presence. Honor his presence. What a privilege for the Spirit of God (laughs) to hover over us, to be with us, never leave us, to live inside us, to come upon us. To baptize us. We honor you, Holy Spirit. In this first meeting of the year, we are hungry for you. And we declare our dependence on you. You're everything to us, Holy Spirit. We need you. We desire you. Love you, Holy Spirit. I have been really sensing so strongly the hovering of the Holy Spirit over our church. And we experience the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Right? We do. We love the Holy Spirit. We're always pursuing the Holy Spirit. But for the past couple of months, and I've shared it with a few, I almost hesitated to say it because I don't want to sound cliche. Because people say stuff all the time without understanding what they're saying. And Christians, we're notorious for it. (laughs) We just say things without understanding the, the weight of what we're saying and what that could actually mean and look like. But I, I, you guys know our vision at Encounter Church, helping people encounter God, and we say that our mission, right, is reach, disciple, revive. Revival has always been, uh, it's, it's, it's part of what, who we are and what we declare that we are and what we're after, right? Our goal, our desire is to see a real revival happen. And not just in our church, but in our city. And for us to be a a place where the Holy Spirit is welcome, not only to hover, but to be poured out with power. And that through us, like, will happen if he's poured out with power, We go in his power and we bring lost people into the kingdom of God and we make disciples for Jesus. And then we go to the nations and we make disciples of all nations. See, that's that's the will of God, (laughs) y'all. That's the will of God. There's no doubt about it. And I've just been, I've, I've heard the Holy Spirit say this again and again since October. October, early November, I begin to hear him say something that I, I've, 
I've prayed it before, I've said it before, I've taught on it before, but I've, I'm hearing him say it in a fresh way to me and to us. And this is what he says. I'm gonna send a real revival, but first, I'm giving you a new wineskin. You say, what in the world is that? Do we even have wineskins anymore? Probably, yes, in some cultures they do. But what, I'm hearing him say, I'm, I'm giving you a new wineskin for the new wine of revival. And this is, this is what I heard him say so strong, and we even prophesied it last Sunday at the end of service. There is new wine, new wine of the Holy Spirit. So what are you talking about? The Bible says not be drunk with wine, but instead to be what? Filled and filled and filled and refilled and continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. And I just heard the Holy Spirit saying, there is a fresh anointing available for everyone. And this is the most important part of the phrase. Who wants it? Okay? Not for everyone who needs it. Because I need a lot of things. But oftentimes I don't get what I need because I don't want it. Or I'm not willing to do what it takes to get it. And see, the reality is we need, we need revival. Look at our life. Look at our church, look at our family, look at our city, look at our nation, look at the world. Come on, somebody. We need revival. But God, listen, God is not moved by need. God is not moved by need. God knows every need of everybody on the planet. Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda one time. There was a lot of people. He only healed one. He walked through the crowds. Remember? He went to the crowd. Everybody's surrounding him. And he heals the woman with the issue of blood. God is not moved by need. Listen. Because this is the new wineskin. I'm already way ahead of myself, and I don't know how I'm going to do this, okay? But I'm just, I just want to, I want to be faithful to say what I hear the Spirit saying to the church. God is not moved by our need. God is moved by our faith, okay? He's moved by faith, and one of the outworkings of faith is hunger. It's desire, it's pursuit. Yes. Why would we start 2022 with seven days of fasting and prayer? And yes, seven nights in a row of corporate prayer to which I am encouraging you, do everything you can to be here every night. Yes. Yes. And to fast the best you can. Because why? Because I really believe a time of awakening and renewal and refreshing is upon us but we have to want it we have to more than need it we have to desire it 
Faith is more than just a, a wishful thinking. Faith requires action. You can be hungry for something and not do anything about it, and you ain't eating. Hello? You can say, I'm so, like my, my, my Oliver says, I am so, so hungry. Little bit of drama there. He really isn't that hungry. Because if he were that hungry, he knows where the refrigerator is and the pantry is. He wants us to feed him. Child's about to be eight. He can feed himself. Now, there's something to that, y'all. If you are a brand new Christian, we will help you learn how to eat. We will help feed you. But if you've been walking with Jesus for a while, you better learn to feed yourself. He prepares a table even in the presence of our enemies. But we don't sit down and eat. Because to go to his table, we got to leave behind our busyness and all of our to-do lists sometimes and make time and space and room to seek him, to sit with him, to be with him. And to eat the broccoli on the table and not just the dessert. I'm sure that at the Lord's table, there's more than fried chicken and peach cobbler. At the Lord's table, there's some spinach and Brussels sprouts. But this is the deal. This has absolutely, I don't even know if I'm getting to any more of this today. I'm going to try. This is the deal. We eat what we want to eat. We drink what we want to drink. You can know that you need to drink mostly water and still drink a half liter of Coke every day. Because you drink and I drink what we want to drink. I can know that I ought to eat mainly fruits and vegetables and still fill myself full of sugar. Even though I know that what I ought to eat and drink is that. And we do that with the table of the Lord. He sets a table and we're like, woo, peach cobbler. Ice cream. And listen, that, that's, we eat that too. That's a part of the meal. But if we want to really, listen, if we want to really dine with him, we need to partake of everything on the table. We need to partake of that plate of holiness and purity. We need to partake of that plate of fasting and prayer we need to partake of that plate of forgiving people that offend you we need to partake 
of the whoo, shatalababa, joy of the Lord. <laughs> we, we partake of that too. We partake of that too, especially me. I love that stuff, all of it. I, I would like to roll all the way across. Uh, I, I love all of that fun stuff about the presence of the Lord, the manifestations, the anointing, the miracles, all of that. We better have that because <laughs> that's what makes all the other stuff doable. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Hello? But we, we, there's a new wineskin. I'm going to try to get back to this for the new wine of revival. And this is the deal. We're going to, uh, yeah, we're going to, well, let's just go ahead. Let's just go ahead to Matthew 9. This is the deal. The old, the new will not fit in the old. It just won't. I'm going to limit myself to a little bit more of this today because we're going to come back to a lot of it next Sunday. But I want us to read this and we're going to just kind of breeze through the rest and come back to it. Matthew 9, 14 through 17. One day the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked him, why don't your disciples fast like we do? And the Pharisees do. And Jesus replied, Do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. In other words, because you're doing it the wrong way. Take a look at this. Seven days of prayer and fasting. Matthew 9.15 says, But someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they'll fast. Okay? I'll come back to that. Besides, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an either even bigger tear than before, if you have an old piece of clothes and you put, and there's a rip in it, and you sew on a new patch that hasn't yet been used, okay, and the using it and the washing it, it'll expand and contract, and eventually, if it was a new uh, patch, you're trying to use something new to fix something old, eventually the new and the old just break, just tear up, Okay. The new doesn't fix the old. God doesn't move in a new way to fix something. Everything God's ever done has always been good. What we call the old. Huh. I look at some of the old and I'm like, 
Could you do that new? <laughs> but when we try to fix something old with something new, it doesn't work. A, a, a little bit more of that says, here's where we're really going. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Same reason. Because a, a new wineskin, it's like animal skin, right? Like Kind of like leather. With use and with time and, and all of that, it expands and contracts and eventually um, it gets kind of hard and brittle. And it, it says, and for the old skins would burst from the pressure spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine is stored in new wine skins so that both are preserved. What, hap- what would happen in if you would take new wine that hadn't yet completely aged and fermented to its fullness, if you put it in an old wineskin that was already hard, then eventually the new wine would expand and pop the old wineskin. And then the old wineskin would be ruined and then the new, li- wine, the new wine would be lost. This is the problem. We try to fit new into old. And it doesn't work. We can't fit new into old. Let's just go back to that phrase briefly. It says, and then they'll fast. John the Baptist's disciples, why, didn't, don't, why don't your disciples fast like we do? Jesus said, basically, it's not the right time for that, but the right time will come. Then they'll fast. There is an appropriate time for fasting. Come on, I want you to say this. There's a time for feasting, and there's a time for fasting. We just, we are on the tail end of a great time of feasting, right? The holiday season, we feast. We eat too much and have a lot of fun. It's wonderful. And guess what? Listen, it's appropriate. We ought to. There is a time for feasting. God literally commanded his people to celebrate feasts. Okay? But there's also an appropriate time to fast. An appropriate time to fast. And the truth is, you guys, I read this prophetically. 2021 and everything that it was, the good, the bad, the ugly, has now been taken away from us, including the end of the year feasting. And now is the time to fast. Now is the time to fast. Why would we fast at the beginning of this year? Because we're taking time to fast in preparation for what is to come, okay? I'm going to just mention this briefly, and that's it. Fasting prepares us for the new and the fresh. Like we read in Genesis 1, when God is going to do something new, the Holy Spirit is hovering, awaiting the word. 
And fasting helps us get ready for the new thing, for the fresh thing God wants us to do. Say, I want you to think about this. When do we eat breakfast? When? Breakfast, break, fast, initiates a new day following a whole night of fasting. It's called breakfast, break fast, because you didn't eat all night, right? Unless you sleepwalk and eat. (laughs) But you definitely went a good period of time without eating, okay? Breakfast initiates a new day. In preparation, listen, in preparation for the new day in which we will eat new things, we didn't just sleep all night. We also fasted all night. So it doesn't sound like fasting. Well, that's what it means to fast. It means to not eat. It means to not eat. I want you guys to be thinking about how you're going to fast, okay? We have some little tips here for you. I'm not going to read them. You can look at them. We may talk about them more next week, but fasting is a physical detox. At night, when we're asleep and we're fasting, our body is breaking down and preparing to get rid of everything we put in it. Right? Yes? Y'all with me? Que bueno. All right. If you ate all night long and didn't have a period of fasting, would you be ready for breakfast? If you do that enough, it'll make you very sick. Okay. There's a reason why you shouldn't get up and eat at four o'clock in the morning, unless that's what time you wake up to breakfast. God bless you. <laughs> but this is the deal. <laughs> Just as fasting is a physical detox, fasting with prayer is a spiritual detox. And it helps us become hungry for the right things. If we're just eating candy, 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 we're never going to even be hungry for the right stuff. Right? It takes getting rid of the what's in there, to be ready for the fresh, for the new. So guys, we're going to fast. And I want you to be thinking about how you're going to fast January 9th through 15th. It's seven days. 
whether you skip a meal per day or you fast a whole day, 24 hours, or you fast three days in a row, or you fast all seven days skipping certain meals or whatever, however you want to do it. But I want, I want you to please hear my heart on this, okay? Fasting, biblical fasting, doesn't just mean like a social media fast or a TV fast. Now, that's very good to add to your fasting. <laughs> but biblical fasting means to not eat, okay? It means to skip a meal or two or a day. It means to limit yourself to only certain foods at a time, okay? And when we do that physically, it's a detox. But when we do that added with prayer, what happens is it reinitiates our spiritual metabolism. And it helps us to become hungry for the right things. Fasting helps us empty ourselves of the old to make room for the new. Fasting makes us literally hungry, right? We read about Jesus. We're going to read about that next Sunday. Jesus fasted in the wilderness, and it says after 40 days, he was hungry. <laughs> but when he did, God did something new. God's power came upon him to heal the sick, to open blind eyes, to turn hearts. Fasting makes us hungry. I know different ones of us, our metabolism is different and stuff like that, but there comes a certain part of the day. How many of you, just by show of hands, how many of you wake up hungry? Like, you open your eyes and you're like, food now. Okay? This is, a, this is an issue in our home because Liz wakes up hungry. <laughs> I don't, but there comes a certain point because when I wake up, I don't eat yet. There comes a certain point of fasting that my body goes, feed me now. Right? Why? Because the lack of food made me sensitive to my need for food. In other words, the lack of food made me hungry, it becomes more than just I need food, but I'm hungry. Revival is coming, not for those who need it, but for those of us that are hungry for it. And fasting and prayer is going to help us get there.
Yeah? Fasting and prayer. I didn't have time to get to this, but I'll tell you what the new wineskin is. I kind of said it already. The new wineskin that we need to see what God wants to do in 2022 is faith. It's faith. You say, faith, isn't that like everything? Yeah. <laughs> faith, is the, faith is the first and the last thing, actually. Bible says our whole walk with God begins and ends with faith. I thought it was hope and love. No, it's faith. <laughs> you can't even really love people if you don't have faith. Faith. To really believe that we can see what we see in every word of God. We've got to have faith. This year, you're going to get, you're not going to get tired. I'm not going to confess that. You're going to get stuffed with faith. All year long. Why? Because Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. <laughs> faith. Faith. As we read every word of God together, as we talk about it, as we pray it, as we seek to walk in it, our, we're, in Counter Church, we're going to go to a level of faith that when we turn around at the end of 2022, we're not going to even recognize ourselves. And when we see what God did because of our faith, which is the point, so hard to express what I hear and feel the Spirit saying and doing. But I want to encourage you. Get in your Bible. And don't just get in your Bible. Get your Bible in you. Don't just read it. Repeat it. Say it. Confess it. Pray it. Believe it. And everything you see written in here is the will of God. Therefore, listen, you can ask him for it. Everything we see in his word is his will. And we can ask for it. That's faith. We can ask for it. By the way, if you don't have a Bible of your own, go out to the orange table at the end of service, we have a few Bibles we could actually, now listen, if you have your own Bible at home, please don't take one because we only have a few. But listen, if you don't own a Bible for yourself, go just go, just go ask somebody at the orange table. We'll give you one. Okay, we'll give you one. I know it may feel like we were sort of jumping all over the place. And we sort of were. <laughs> But if you'll notice, there's a thread. There's a theme.
fasting, prayer, and the word for a new wineskin. We are going to fast. We're going to pray individually and together. You noticing this? We're going to fast together. We're going to pray together. And we're going to read every word together. And we're not going to only individually become new wineskins. Our church is going to become a new wineskin this year. And God will pour his spirit out. Amen? Worship team, you guys, if you would come. I'm just going to go ahead and say this before we move into this. You know, if you're here for the first time, you're a special guest. Please visit us at the orange table. After service, we'd like to get to know you and give you a gift. This week, as you read the word, I also ask the Holy Spirit how he wants you to fast the following week how he wants you to fast. And just this week, in your own spirit, make a commitment. This is how I'm going to fast next Sunday through Saturday, the 9th through the 15th. And do whatever it takes to as much as it's possible to be here every night of prayer that following week as we pray together. I believe God is going to release something new and powerful. Amen? We can stand to our feet. If you've never given your life to Jesus, do it today. He loves you. He brought you here to speak to you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.